This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week is a force of nature. This fellow hosts the No Dishes podcast. No Dishes dealing with food, restaurants, the whole scene of going out and eating here in Bloomington. He has been called... A local bon vivant. How about that? I'm <laughs> <laughs> making him laugh already. He's ebullient. He's energetic. He has a fast-paced style. He's relentlessly upbeat. He works without notes, which puzzles the heck out of me. Because as you can see, I've got all my notes laid out in oh, front yeah. of me here. You are Jordan Davis, the host of the No Dishes podcast. Welcome to Big Talk. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, really an honor, and I don't know if I'm ever going to match that intro with anything else I do the rest of my life. That was amazing. And by golly, I uh, have watched uh, these podcasts of No Dishes, and this fella, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go take a nap in the corner of the room now, because <laughs> this guy can talk. Let me tell you that. Well... What does No Dishes cover specifically from your point of view? Yeah, so it's just the local restaurant and bar industry, and I just eat out a lot, and I've worked at restaurants since I was 15, and um, there are just so many interesting people. We all know the food that we love and enjoy in town, but a lot of us don't really know the story from the people behind it, and it really just makes you appreciate you know, that burger, that slice of pizza, or that, that curry that much more. You know, everybody always says, when you go to somebody's house and uh, maybe they serve a wonderful, delicious meal, they say, oh, you ought to open a restaurant. People don't realize what a totally life-consuming proposition it is to open or run, even being just a manager or an employee of a restaurant, how much that takes out of your life. Yeah, it's uh, it's so much more than just making delicious food. That's I mean, that's a big part. You have to have a good right. product. But a lot of people get into it without maybe understanding how much work goes into it. I mean, and I'm not even an owner at the Chocolate Moose, just being the director of operations. And That's it, right. He's the director of operations at Chocolate Moose. I'm sorry to interrupt, but let me give you just a little bit more. He's the organizer of Food Truck Fridays as well. I know how much is on my plate with just the management operations aspect, uh, but just to be an o a business owner as well is just, there's so much that goes into it. Uh, so I just really enjoy getting to sit down with people and just kind of sharing what we're dealing with, knowing that you're not the only person going through it. Uh, and a lot of these people that I have on, I've known for years, and I find out so much more just from when I sit down with them. It's nuts. And it's a shame that, you know, it takes a couple microphones and some cameras to bring that out. But I just, I thoroughly enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work at all. I have found a quote that says, Jordan Davis has sat down with guests ranging from restaurant owners to bussers to bartenders to servers. You know what? The bussers, the servers, the bartenders, they're just as important as anybody else 
in the operation. In fact, maybe even more important than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I worked my way up from busser and, you know, host to curbside carryout to server to bartender in front of house, you know, and it's, uh, so I got an appreciation for every step of the way. I did do one dish shift where uh, they needed someone to cover and uh, that gave me a whole new respect for that position. A dish shift? A shift working as the dishwasher. Oh my heavens, hot water. Yeah, <laughs> it was very tough. I'm already a big boy, so I sweat quite oh. a bit. But we used to put that in there too. And uh, oh, I, and it never stops. No, 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 no. It's no. just constant adding to the to the sink. Well, and then you have the servers that part of their side work so they can leave is rolling silverware. Yeah. So they're over there, and I was one of them being guilty. Like, hey, can you run the silverware before anything else so I can roll it and get out of oh, here? So not man. only are you just having to wash dishes, you're having to manage some personalities coming at you as well. You know, all these different types of people speaking often different languages within a restaurant, the back of the house and the front of the house as well. You have to know how to get along with people to work in a restaurant. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it's some people come in with different attitudes and different positions, and all you're doing is making it harder uh, harder on yourself. You never know when you're going to need someone to help you or cover a shift or, um, you know, put, you know, a fry cook might need to get something out really quick for you because you forgot to ring it in and then lied to the table and said it was the kitchen's fault. <laughs> you know, we've all done it before. Well, you say you go out to eat a lot. Uh, almost exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't cook at home? No, yeah, so that's the whole... Well, let me ask you this. Okay. Do you know how to cook? I do, um, oh. and I thoroughly enjoy it. So when I'm uh, on vacation or... You know, I just bought a house, so I have more of a kitchen than maybe I did in my apartment. Um, I'm going to have no choice but to eat out less because uh, the mortgage is a little bit more than my rent. Uh, no but kidding. I'm not, I'm not a talented chef by any means, but I, I know how to make some basic stuff. Uh, but the whole name No Dishes came from the best part about eating out is no dishes. You don't have to do any dishes. Uh, so that's the whole shtick behind that. And, um, you know, it was mid-pandemic. Sadie Clark, she started this Bloomington Foodies group, and she did. There's a restaurant bingo going on right now that Sammy Ezzo started with Lenny's, uh, and that's awesome. They started one way back in the pandemic to support local places. So anytime you went to a restaurant, you got carryout, you took your picture, and you stamped that you went there. And I started, whenever I posted it, trying to just do little funny blurbs, little reviews, and people really enjoyed those. And then that turned into people being like, you should have a podcast. And it all started from the pandemic and just people learning how much I ate out because I blacked out my card before anybody else got a regular bingo. And they're like, this guy's a machine. Uh, so that's where all my income has gone over the last however many years is just eating out. Well, let me tell you who some of the guests have been on the No Dishes podcast. Uh, by the way, you can get No Dishes on YouTube, Libsyn, Apple, Amazon, or you could go right to nodishesmedia.com. To hear Jordan Davis, here are some of the guests. Jada B. of the People's Market. Now, here was a surprise, but this shows how you cover the breadth of people eating outside of their home, especially if they don't even have a home. That would be Forrest Gilmore from Beacon Incorporated. They serve a lunch every day for the unhoused people around town. How about Maria Carlosare of Piccoli Dolce. Nailed I got it. that. Nailed I nailed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> James Webb, competitive eater. 
Doran and Tim May, they were the owners of the Penguin, which became the Chocolate Moose, and now May's Cafe, which is another operation that they're involved in. Uh, well, so it was May's Cafe originally in 1933. Oh, then, so that's and, how it works. Yeah, and then went into the Penguin, then Chocolate Moose, all at that same block that were still on South Walnut. History of Bloomington. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You've had Leo Cook, the famous Leo oh. Cook of Farm Bloomington. Absolutely, yep. One of the guests that has been on Big Talk, Ed Schwartzman of Buffaloes and Gable's Bagel. Yeah, and you, you say I could talk. Ed can talk. Oh, so, my. Yeah. oh <laughs> I got man. nothing on Ed. He's one of those guys where you say, what time is it? And he says, here's how to make a watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Another guest from Big Talk who has been on your podcast, Wally Udrego of Inkwell. And then, of course, the chef over at uh, Osteria Rego, Cody Gradolf. What a wonderful a collection of people. But here's one that I really enjoyed. Hope Kayser, who is one of the uh, assistant directors for IU Athletics Dining, they have to feed these athletes. And one thing I learned from your podcast, Jordan Davis, was that the women's rowing and diving teams rival the men's football team yeah. as eaters. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> Burning a lot of calories, man, uh, moving those oars. Yeah. And well, how did you come to the conclusion that here's a show about restaurants, here's a podcast about eating out in Bloomington? Uh, how did you come to, hey, I'm going to have Hope Kayser on from IU Athletics? Yeah, so we do a lot of work with Hope with uh, Chocolate Moose. And she's got a really incredible story uh, with her battle with cancer and things that she's done mm-hmm. with the South Central Indiana um, Cancer Community Network. Uh-huh. Um, and putting on these classes that, you know, she was in the cafeteria, you know, going through chemotherapy and realizing that all these, you know, people were just have oh, their only option was this cafeteria food. Uh-huh. And a lot of them just don't have the energy to cook. So she reached out and we came in, brought some ice cream, and she's done several of these with local chefs coming in and just teaching how to make simple meals that are still delicious, even if, you know, you're going through uh, chemotherapy and have very low energy. So Hope is just an incredible human being. And I thought it was just really interesting to look at it through what they do with feeding athletes because yes we're the restaurants and bars but we you know with forest with beacon it's still food at the end of the day that is and right we also have had other guests you know, carrie thompson came on our yep. new mayor and people that are doing things that they're maybe not in the restaurant or bar industry but they are doing things that affect restaurants and bars we call those side dishes so every third episode is a quote-unquote side dish uh and then two weeks in a row are main courses so we kind of stick with the food theme but (laughs) it it gives me an excuse to have on other people that i think would be really interesting but also still have something uh to do with what we're all doing in the in the industry well how about this you once had on pam thrash yeah the radio dj pam's amazing i love pam so much she's so awesome and she i lucked out on that i just wanted to have her on but i lucked out that she has a job with one world um right you know doing uh community outreach stuff like that yes. pizza x hive uh so that was my excuse but i just at the end of, i just want to have pam on and the beauty of it is she's a professional talker yeah oh yeah but 
you showed her how to talk. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know. There's. It is nice when I have someone like that on, or uh, Mike Glasscott, Steve Bryant, Ed Schwartzman. When you have people that are just naturally have that gift to gab, and you can just get in that rhythm and that flow. Because I, I, I try to make every episode not an interview. I want it to be conversational. I want it to uh-huh. be a back and forth. But it's tough because at its at its core, it is an interview. So it's, it is nice when we can kind of branch out and be a little more conversational than maybe some of the other episodes. Well, the interviews I see take place uh, across a restaurant booth. Yeah, so we built a studio down at Artisan Alley, um, oh. right there on Second Street, across from Wendy's. That's um, not a real restaurant. It's no, all, it's all fake. Yeah, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything we do is fake. Um, uh-huh. No, our inspiration was Mother Bears. Um, uh-huh. So we did, you know, the wood shiplap, and uh, we got to, you know, build that set, put it in there. I already had this table and chairs that um, I actually ate Thanksgivings as a child at that table and chairs. I like inherited it. Wow. And so it worked out that there's still kind of that family connection uh that so it's very nostalgic for me to have that there and it worked so perfect uh but yeah we had mark Hyduk on he's another guy that was very easy to talk to he's one of the funniest people i've ever met uh and he really just knows his pizza stuff through and through uh but he sat down and he's like this looks a little familiar we're like yeah we ripped it off of mother bears <laughs> <laughs> now it looks to me like he used three cameras yeah mm-hmm and two microphones, obviously, of course, but three cameras. you got an operation going on over here. Yeah, I got very lucky with Garrett Portenga of Green Hat Media. He's been my business partner since the beginning of season four, and now season five, season six will be coming out uh, mid-March or start of April. Um, and just very lucky, lucky, his main job, day-to-day job, is he's traveling around the country filming videos for Fortune 500 companies, and he's wow. been doing Green Hat Media for, I think, 10 years. Uh, so he's the savant behind all that. Uh, but yeah, to have a... Three camera setup for what I think is like, it's cool what I get to do, but it's still kind of silly sometimes. We're just talking about food. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a little bit of overkill. Uh, What's wrong with that? No, yeah, nothing wrong with it out at all. So I got very lucky to have him come on board, um, you know, right there in October of 2023, or I'm sorry, 2022, to be, uh, be a partner and kind of take us to the next level. Now, as you say, you started this uh, around pandemic time, 2020. It was audio only for a while. And then it became video and audio. Again, it's the No Dishes podcast with the host here, our guest on Big Talk this week, Jordan Davis. This guy is a talker, and he's got a history. He was the front of the house manager over at Sweetgrass. Yeah, under the original owners. That was where I was at before uh, Chocolate Moose. I was... a uh, the. I had worked my way up through O'Charlie's, where I talked about host, server, busboy, oh, all that. Oh, I see. Uh, over on the west side, my buddy yeah. George is still the GM over there. Shout out to George; he's doing a great job. So I got it. You know, worked my way into bartending. Uh, I think they moved me back behind the bar like five days after I turned twenty-one, and it was a little earlier than expected because the guy bartending when I was serving uh, got busted by excise. So they had <laughs> he uh, he didn't card this guy for a Bud Light. Uh-oh. So they had to pull him out from behind the bar, and I they took me off serving and said, "You're bartending now," even though my training wasn't supposed to be for a few days so trial by fire fortunately it worked out um one of our regulars though out of charlie's after my time there or you know near the end of my time there he said hey sweetgrass just got their three-way liquor license it was back when they released um new liquor licenses from the 2010 census uh because there's you know only so many in the county 
for the population. And so they were able to buy one. And until then, they just had servers kind of pour their own beer and wine. So I was the first bartender they ever had, like real bartender, uh, and then was able after a year to move into the front of house manager position, curate the wine list, come up with cocktails. Uh, and that's where I met Justin Loveless, who ended up buying the chocolate mousse. And I went over there. Now, way back in the fuzzy history of humanity, I was a bartender. Oh, nice. Okay. And the thing I learned is that within about a year, my feet had grown a full size. (laughs) Had you ever noticed that? I mean, you're on your feet constantly. You're moving constantly. And your feet take it. Oh, absolutely. I will say, so I didn't notice my feet grow a full size. What I have noticed as far as your body changing from work, two things. Yeah. When I started at the Chocolate Moose, I gained 80 pounds in two years. Uh, yeah, that's... Well, I- wait a minute. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, I've heard this old thing. I don't know how true this is or not, but they say, you know, if you work at a chocolate candy factory or an ice cream factory or what have you, they say, eat all you want. Uh, because they're sure that you're going to get sick of that stuff yeah. within a couple of days. You didn't? Well, it took me not a couple of days. Absolutely not. Um, well, in it, we had Coney dogs and Spanish burgers and all these different creations. So it wasn't like I was just having a saucer vanilla cone every day. Uh-huh. You know, there's tons of variation of stuff I could have. I always tell people you, the classic line, don't trust a skinny chef. If a skinny guy's <laughs> trying to sell you ice cream, it's probably not good ice cream. So I, I was selflessly doing it for the brand. Science. Yeah, yeah. The one, the one positive that came out is my forearms here. So you could tell my scooping forearm versus my non-scooping oh, forearm. Oh, my heavens. And it's there about, is an actual difference. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, my feet feet stay the same size from bartending, but uh, scooping that hard pack 14% butterfat ice cream uh, is not easy. I just, in the middle of the night, decided to have some ice cream the other night. Okay. And I was digging it. Man, I thought I needed some power tools to get into that yeah, ice cream. Yeah, it's tough, man. Can you imagine doing that for an eight-hour shift? Yeah, when someone, next time you order that homemade 32-ounce bluck, bucket of a blizz, yeah. think about how much scooping um, you know that wow. that college uh, college crew has to do back there for you. I, I paid my paid my dues. I get to get up there every once in a while, but it's it's not easy. It's, uh, it's a lot of work, and finding that fine line of ice cream where it's hard enough so it doesn't melt right away on your That's cone, right. uh, but still soft enough to scoop is, uh, is a delicate balance. Food Truck Fridays, how did that come about? Yeah, so Justin Loveless, who I mentioned earlier, the owner uh, still at the Chocolate Moose, him and I had gone over to Bryant Park to do an event for the Project School. Uh, I think it was their fall festival or something like that. Um, and we went out there with just a plain 10 by 10 pop-up, and we took out a chest freezer and plugged it in early, and we were serving ice cream out of that. We didn't have the mobile freezer carts that we do now, but they had the original Euro truck. They had a couple other food trucks. We're driving back from that. Justin was like, uh, man, we should get some of these food trucks down to the stand so we could drum up some lunch business. Because you always think about the old line at the stand, but that was always at night. Lunch was always just kind of eh. Um, and I was like, dude, what if we had them on Fridays and we called it Food Truck Fridays? So as a team effort, we reached out to you know the Big Cheese, Great White Smoke, uh, Gypsy Moon Nosh Truck. There was a Hoosier Doggy uh, food cart, uh, Gimme Some Mo. Those were some of the OGs, and they were all about it. So I think it was September of 2014. You know, we had our first one, I think, with five vendors in the parking lot of the old Chocolate Moose stand. And, dude, it just took off. We never expected uh-huh. it to turn into what it turned into. Uh, and it just grew and grew and grew. And It's my recollection that it, it sort of moved about 
Yeah. Uh, from week to week, right? Um, no. Well, so while the stand was still there, uh, we had it there for, I believe, a year and a half or two and a half years. And then when the stand had to come down, we moved it to the parking lot across from the police station mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. th- right there. And we had a really, really good year there. Uh, amazing location. Got very fortunate. Uh, then we moved. We didn't know where we were going to go. The church had other plans for the lot. We couldn't stay. You know, obviously, we had our new building, and there's no space there to host it ourselves. So the Herald Times was kind enough to have us down there for a year uh, and then we went up to the dimension mill uh, across from upland on maker way just there at about 11th and rogers and then we did a year there and at that point switchyard park had gotten finished and that was where we wanted to be and you would think now we've had a couple really incredible busiest years we've ever had at switchyard park but you go down there and you would think that that park was built for Food Truck Friday. It's <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. Uh, so we're really grateful to Parks and Rec for working with us to have it there every week, uh, beginning of April through the end of October. So you could go to Food Truck Fridays and you say, I'm going to have this type of food. The next week, you can go right back there at yeah. your lunch hour and have another type of food. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way to do it is go with some friends or just your family Everyone go to their own truck, get one thing, bring it together. It's a, it's a really fun event. You see all walks of life there because it's free to attend. So you can spend as much or as little as you'd like and try a ton of really great food from all local businesses. Food is, in a sense, in your genes. In as much as your great-grandfather, he was a, a cook in the Army during World War I, learned how to make a bunch of food for a bunch of people. And then started the West Baking Company out of Indianapolis. Yeah, so uh, in 1919, my great-granddad, Harold B. West, started the West Baking Company. After World War II, my granddad was friends with Ray Kroc, who started McDonald's. But they ended up supplying all the English muffins and buns for McDonald's as they were expanding. So they had their Indianapolis bakery. They had one over in Ohio. They opened one up in London. You know, my great-granddad, my granddad, his brother, uh, Steve West, what they all did over the years, uh, they ended up selling it in the 80s. The, um, the bakery in Ohio is still operating but they were one of the first automated bun factories in the country. I think they were the third to produce like a million buns in a day or something crazy. You mentioned to me earlier something on the order of uh, the West Baking Company was one of the first people to hire uh disabled people yeah so my uh, granddad uh richard west he was on the board of goodwill of south central indiana for 50 years and though that started because of his work with west baking company uh and they hired people with disabilities and gave them jobs and uh gave them roles that other companies weren't willing to take a chance on uh so he took that over to kind of goodwill and then was able to help uh open goodwill down in panama as well so really really proud to have that history uh in my family Jordan Davis, again, is the host of the No Dishes podcast. No Dishes. I was going to ask you, what the heck does No Dishes mean? (laughs) And as he explained, it means when you go out to eat, you don't have to worry about scrubbing the dishes. Absolutely. But I'm one of those people who enjoys standing at the sink washing dishes. I I find it therapeutic. When I have to do it, I don't mind it. The thing is... Usually I just don't have time. I've got, I try to stay very busy with different, different things. And it usually just comes down to time. If I have time, I don't mind doing it. Throw some tunes on. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, you're cleaning something. You're like, you're, there's joy out of productivity, you right. know? 
Now, the No Dishes podcast can be found directly through nodishesmedia.com or on YouTube, Libsyn, Apple, Amazon, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, The host is Jordan Davis. He's had a whole all-star cast of guests on his podcast talking about food. What was one of your favorite episodes? Um, So more recently, the one with Forrest Gilmore was absolutely incredible to me. It was very eye-opening, you know, uh, with our location with the Chocolate Moose, we're kind of on the front lines dealing with um, a lot of folks that are experiencing homelessness and seeing the different types of people within that community and it's all over it's all over the map mm-hmm. not everybody's the same so i thought i had a pretty good perspective going into it but man after sitting down with forrest he was able to just really uh hammer home some stuff that i didn't realize you know most of the time we chalk up um people experiencing homelessness to uh substance abuse or mental health disorders and he said man you look across the country across the world there's no correlation between homelessness and those two factors it all has to do with cost of housing yeah um, and availability and it's so we- which is a huge issue here in Bloomington. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and the one that the thing that he told me that really left me kind of speechless was that the the average life expectancy of a chronically homeless person is 47. Wow. When he said that, it just absolutely floored me. And I appreciate his time coming on because, again, they do a lot with food, uh, with Phil's Kitchen and serving food at Shalom Center. One day I was over at uh, the Shalom Center, part of Beacon Incorporated, right at about lunchtime, and they were serving good hot spaghetti in red sauce, right? And people were digging in, and it just hit me that here are people who don't have stoves. They don't even have the dishes at home. They're unhoused people, for God's sake, and they're getting a good hot meal. It did my heart well to see that. Yeah, it's uh, you. You can't overstate the good that Forest and Beacon Inc are doing within our community, and there's a ton of other organizations as well. I mean, at the end of the day, we all need food to function. So we we like to get people to listen by being like, we're talking about restaurants, we're talking about being foodies, all this. But I sneak in, you know, other things. The bait is food, but at the end of the day, we're really a human interest podcast. It's we're learning about the people behind the food. We're not even talking about food that much. I'm trying to figure this out one last one before you go i noticed that you don't have notes in front of you <laughs> yeah so garrett our producer would is not a fan of it but i think after a while <laughs> i think after a while he uh kind of just let me do my thing because i don't know man again i want it to be as informal as possible uh-huh. back to that and so i i think there's one where i do have you know a note and back on the audio ones i think i did like two uh-huh. where i had some stuff where i want to get everything right but i also like i want to just try to organically find it out in conversation you know and usually i have enough of a of a basis of knowledge of the person that's sitting across from me that i can just kind of wing it i wing it i wing every episode so you are a winger I, yeah <laughs> And it drives, uh, it drives, you know, some people crazy, not the guest, but, um, it's just how I like to do things. We all operate in our own way, you know, and I've had, um, coworkers at the chocolate moose that they maybe wish I winged it a little bit less and (laughs) other people I've worked with on things, but I'm just, uh, it's something that I like to do. And, um, yeah, I think it works out well for, for the content. 
And one of these days I might be proven wrong, but so far it's so good. My guest this week has been Jordan Davis. He's the host of the No Dishes podcast. Catch that at nodishesmedia.com or YouTube, Libsyn, Apple, Amazon. You don't edit it much at all. No, no, yeah, yeah. You hear that, Garrett? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh it's pretty much we roll it and what you see is what we get, you know. We don't we don't really have to cut too much. When does a new No Dishes podcast load? Every Tuesday morning. There um, you go. Yep, so season five is going to run through mid-March, and then we'll either go right into season six. We might not call it season six. Either way, we're going to release 40 episodes the rest of the year after season five ends. Uh, so shout out to Visit Bloomington. They're, they've been our main sponsor uh, for season four and five, and they're coming on for six and seven, or we might stop structuring it as seasons and just start doing episodes. But either way, they're our main sponsor. Uh, so I really appreciate Mike and Visit Bloomington's support. Jordan Davis loves food. Jordan Davis loves Bloomington. Jordan Davis loves talking. He's a perfect <laughs> guest. Jordan Davis, thanks for being on Big Talk. Hey, Mike, I really appreciate it, man. It's been a lot of fun. 